Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about how to determine if a problem in your home is big or small. Let's listen in on what they have to say. So, Mark, how do we go about discerning whether something is a big problem or a little problem in our you teen's know, life? I, I think that's a great question, Wayne, and, and I think parents have got to use their own insight into what they see, you know, based upon their own values, based upon their standards, what they believe biblically, what they believe as a parent, what they believe traditionally within their family, what they believe from their church, from their society, from their culture that they live in. There's got to be some insight into the activities that a child is involved in. But there's also got to be some wisdom. And 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 wisdom would be defined, I think, by experience and in, in what is seen so you can tell the outcome of a particular action. It's not just discernment, but it's truly having wisdom. This will happen if you do these mm-hmm. things. And, and I think it's important to gain wisdom outside of your own. Scripture reminds us that the wisdom of man is but the foolishness of God. And so, so make sure it's not just wisdom of man, but truly something that is a bigger picture thought about how I engage with my child. And the other thing is to move with a, a great sense of carefulness. You know, when you look at your child and begin to say, okay, I'm going to pick apart some things and determine what's problems and what's not. I don't want to make it into a bigger problem than it is. We and can we, do that, can't And we, we have a tendency to yeah. do that. I mean, we, I, I think we feel that music is a bigger deal than it actually is. I really don't think it affects kids that much, the kids that I deal with. I mean, so so I kind of back off from that. Not that I'm giving license mm-hmm. for someone to just listen to whatever they want, but I don't think it's that big of a deal in their culture that is affecting them. And yet we make icebergs out of that one That's sometimes. That's right. Because we're not used to the language, we're not used to the thoughts and the comments. You know, I've got to tell you, I, I really don't like rap music. I don't care what kind of rap music it is. <laughs> I don't like it. But, you know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's having a negative effect on the life of kids. Hmm. I don't like a lot of things. It doesn't mean that it's bad. You know what? I don't like beats either. But I hear that society, a lot of people live they're off so of They're so good beats. for you, oh, Mark. I know. I hate them. But it doesn't mean that they're bad. And so I think parents have to say with insight, with wisdom, and with a sense of carefulness, they need to make some decisions on these things. And the, and the question to ask is, when I see my child in these arenas, whether it be fads or media, music, piercings, tattoos, work, style, drinking, you know, telephones, cell phones, computer, that what I see, is it an iceberg? Is there a big problem here? Or is it just a small ice cube. It's going to float away or even melt. That's right. You know, because I I would say this, a lot of parents go, you're not going to believe this. My child text on their phone over 5,000 times this past month. Well, mom and dad, let me tell you something. That's pretty normal for kids in high school. 
Really? It, I mean, and, and that's almost a shock to me. Yeah. I go, you got to be kidding me. But I hear that continually. And so sometimes it may be, you know, it's not that big of a deal and it's normal. It may be the appropriateness to say, we need to turn off the phone. So I tell you this, go into it with a little bit of insight that your child is wanting to connect. Find some wisdom in that, how they are connecting, but be very careful how you approach it because you may push your child away rather than drawing them in to you. Mark, I'm going to ask you to react to this email because I think you'll be able to teach even more on this topic today when you hear this. Uh, This comes from a, a mom who says, my son is 16 and a half. He's bright but uncooperative and failing in school because he simply refuses to do the work. Diagnosed within the last year with significant processing speed disorder and some focus and attention issues, although he does not qualify for ADD or ADHD, he leaves home several days at a time, and he'd do nothing but play video games if he could. He's uninterested in getting his driver's license or working, doesn't seem to have any social issues with adults or peers, nor any drug or alcohol issues, but he's just uncooperative with respect to counseling or therapy. I'm a single mother, and my son has no male role model in his life, although he does attend a boys' school. You know, this is an iceberg. I mean, this is not just a floating piece of ice. You can't ignore this one. That's right. You know, I mean, there's too many things in this that that I go, it's pointing to a disaster. Uh, the, The young man is 16 and a half, and the difficulty is that in six months, when he turns 17, he can pretty much do what he wants. You know, and it sounds like this mom has kind of allowed some things to happen. You know, getting a child a Game Boy or an Xbox is a good thing when they're 12 and 13 years old and they want to spend time on it. But now when they're addicted to it and that's all they want to do to the exclusion of other normal things for a child that's 16 and a half. Yeah, which, most 16-year-olds want their driver's license. That's right. But but they are consumed in their own little world. There's some reason why they don't want to venture out of that. You know, I would almost make it a requirement. If you cannot go to counseling, you cannot live here. Now, that's it's tough either way. Hmm. A single mom is not going to want to ask a child to leave because she feels guilty that they're in the position they're in. And at the same time, if you don't get help, then your child's going to dive deeper into this mess that they're in. So there's got to be some plan through insight, through getting wisdom, and approaching it very carefully to to say, you know what, we need something different here. If you don't, if you don't, your child is doomed to continue in this same pattern, and they will not go off to college. They will not go off and work anywhere. They won't be ready to enter the world that they're going to live, so they're going to be stuck at home. And you don't want this child at home when they're 25 years old playing video games all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is where it begins, right here. This is why it's an iceberg. What you see, there's nothing wrong with video games. There's nothing wrong with having ADD. I, I'm a testament to that. <laughs> or ADHD. That's just the what's above the waterline, right? That's right. right. That's right. There's nothing wrong with failing in school because you can help a child through that. And there's remedial ways to approach a child in educational pursuits that will get them to a good place. Those are all ice cubes. The bigger part underneath it is the lack of motivation and a child that's giving up on life. These are the type of kids that you hear bad stories about, and it doesn't surprise anybody. 
this is an iceberg that somebody needs to tackle. And whether we're dealing with icebergs or ice cubes, there's cold water involved. There's got to right? be cold water. And I mean, I hate cold water. <laughs> I mean, I swam competitively for 13 years. I'd lie to the coach to get out of cold water. Really? I hated it. I had to tell him I'd sick. My legs would fall off. I'd, I'd tell him everything. I hate cold water. But, and most parents hate cold water. Because, because they start to lose a relationship with their child. You know, and I tell people this, you know, when the water starts to get a little cold and you see the presence of some ice cubes and, and some icebergs, you know, start to, to look at the relationship and, and ask yourself the question, are you keeping too tight of a rein on your teen? You know, is it your control that's causing your child to want more and more control? Sit down with your teen and share some ways to give them some more freedom. Usually, an iceberg left to drift on its own will melt. Hmm. Sometimes if we rein it in and keep it where it is, mm-hmm. it's just going to get bigger and bigger. You know, the warm waters of your inviting relationship can melt an ice cube at any time. You may have to admit where you've been wrong in the process. And, of course, the last thing, with freedom comes responsibility. And, and it'll move your child toward maturity if you allow them to start taking responsibility for their life. Every parent thinks they're ready. You made it through the first 12 years after all. But then your child becomes a teenager, and all of a sudden, it's like the parenting rules changed and nobody told you what they are. Your kids completely change their interests, hobbies, appearance, vocabulary, and even their priorities and values. Some parents try to power through, continuing to parent their 16-year-old the same way they parented their 12-year-old. That plan is doomed to failure. Your child is too valuable to fail them now. That's why Mark Gregson wrote Tough Guys and Drama Queens, to help parents understand the changing world of today's teens and how parents can meet the unique challenges facing their children this day and age. Tough Guys and Drama Queens is both a hard-hitting look at what makes modern teens different from any generation that's come before, and practical advice to help parents overcome today's hurdles and retain a relationship with their teens that will last into their adult years. With spiritual truth, practical insights, and proven techniques, Tough Guys and Drama Queens is a book that belongs in every parent's library. Get your copy at parentingteenresources.org. Here's another email from a listener to Parenting Today's Teens. This parent says our son is 100% defiant. He has no credits to graduate. He's in the 10th grade. He comes and goes as he pleases, uses marijuana, is not working. My son has a beautiful heart. Due to the dysfunctional lifestyle he was brought in, he thinks it's all about him. He was rewarded for bad behavior with material things and no consequences for poor choices. His stepfather and I are Christians and are recovered addicts alcoholics. Chris was failed by myself and my still sick family. I love my son. He doesn't have to live the way my family has lived for generations. You know, and and she, I think she says, please help, you know, and, yeah, and parents I, want help. You know what? We need to transfer, you know, responsibility for this young man's life to himself. Hmm. You know, I mean, there's a side of it where I go, you know, a child who is allowed to continue to escape responsibility usually is being enabled by somebody. A child who is out smoking dope and and not caring about the world, somewhere along the line, mom and dad may need to engage at a different level and say, we're not going to allow this anymore. For a child to not have any credits 
after two years of high school, somebody needs to intervene and say, yeah. uh, this is a, an iceberg that is not going to melt. It is going to get bigger and bigger, and somebody needs to do something quickly about it. You know, the tendency that when when people are non-believers and and come to Christ, or when they're recovering alcoholics, or they've gone through a divorce and they come back, they look at their former life and they still feel somewhat guilty about what they've done. And so they accommodate their child for what they have caused, because there is a rippling effect to all of our actions. It causes difficulty in a child's life. And so what we try to do is sometimes excuse their behavior or accept it a little bit more highly because we were a part of it, or we we give them things at such a level mm-hmm. to make up for what we weren't able well, to give them at one other time. That's what this email says, yes. Exactly. You know what you need to do? Quit giving them everything. You the story of the prodigal son. Right before he came to his senses, the Scripture says people quit giving him everything. Mm-hmm. You've got to back up. And that's hard because it's hard to know that some of your actions in life have caused damage in the life of your child. But this is not about you at this point. This is about your child. Your sin does not give license for your child to continue to sin. And so somewhere a parent has got to step back and say, you know what? I know that I messed up. I know that I did not do everything right, but I am not going to allow my child to move in this way and cause bigger problems for himself. That is not loving a child. That is allowing an iceberg to pass through Mm -hmm. when perhaps what we need is just an ice cube to pass. Another clue in this email, and I'm sure they don't mean it this way, but it comes across almost so matter-of-factly that he uses marijuana. Well, that's an iceberg, isn't it? That's huge. That's huge. And I mean... I tell people all the time that kids are always in discussion about the legalization of marijuana. It's usually the ones that are using that are saying that. Mm-hmm. They're finding justification for it. And I don't doubt that that there, there's a lot of uh, reason why somebody might think that. And I don't believe any of that because I see marijuana as one of the biggest challenges in the in the drug culture to kids today. It promotes a sense of laziness, a deflection, a non-engagement, a, uh, a movement away from core values that usually ends up going someplace else. But I don't see it as a positive thing at all. And, and I look at it in a kid's life and I go, if you want this behavior to continue, then don't address the issues. Most kids that I see smoking dope are depressed kids. Hmm. You're going to have to do something about that. You're going to have to tackle, come up with a plan about, you know, this world doesn't revolve around you. We are going to get you some help academically. We're going to get you some medical help with the depression, and we're going to move in a positive direction. But I can no longer give license to this mess. In closing today, I want to take you back to something you said much earlier. You talked about keeping too tight a rein on our teenagers. Why Why does that lead to you know, problems? That's right. You know, sometimes kids, you know, they they want control of their life, and they want to make good choices. And we as parents don't want them to control their life because we kind of like controlling it and we want to make the choices for them. But that's not preparing our kids to be responsible adults. It's just making them obedient teens. And the bigger picture is everything we do now will affect them at the next stage of life, either going to work, going to college, getting married or having kids. What we do now in the bigger picture and the bigger scheme of things will transfer to our future families. And just briefly, one other thing you said, require responsibility. 
Absolutely. You know, I need to give my child something and require something from them so that they're motivated. A child will never work for food unless they get hungry enough. And Scripture says this, if a, if a person won't work, neither let him eat. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll learn real quick that mm-hmm. you need to work. I mean, and that's nothing wrong with feeding your child. And I'm not talking about a child that's four and five years old. I'm talking a young man that's in the 10th grade that is capable of working and wanting something different for his life. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.